because at the end of the day, it's about the reader. Like I could write as much as I want to write, but if it doesn't connect to a reader, then there's no point in it. Welcome. You are listening to the Jordan Baylor Draft, a podcast that inspires writers to push through their limiting beliefs and blow the lid off of their personal creativity. My name is Jordan Baylor, a filmmaker best known for my animated web series, Love the Moochers. Listen as I sit down with writers to talk methods, habits, lessons learned, and how to make a beneficial impact with your work. Today is a new draft. Rewrite yours and improve. Hello, hello. This is episode 34 of the Jordan Baylor Draft, the last episode of 2020. And Merry Christmas to you all if you celebrate it. Christmas is my favorite holiday. It's a time for giving. It's a time for cheer. It brings the best out of people. If you don't celebrate it, it's just another Friday to you. So happy Friday. 2020 has taught us a lot and it's taught us that we should take nothing for granted. A year with an immeasurable amount of loss, trauma, and pain for some. Some have experienced true personal growth. It's brought families together. It's made people reevaluate their values. It's made people see what's truly important in life, and that's your family and your health. Because at the end of the day, that's all you have. So grab the loved ones close to you. If not, Jump on FaceTime or Zoom, tell them you love them, and make them really know that you care. Today's guest is a special individual. He is a burgeoning young writer who's built a zombie apocalypse franchise all by himself. Matt Holmes is a man who is the true definition of self-made. A writer whose book series, Here We Remain, literally saved his life. He wrote it to save his sanity. and from those writings spilled into a book, a book which he had just published the second edition in the series on December 7th. The book is in the show notes. I hope you listen to the interview and glean some inspiration from Matt's words. He dives in deep as he talks about his family, what drives him, and how he made his first publishing sales as an independent author. There's a lot of ingenuity with Matt, and you can tell from his work ethic that he's on the right path, and he's literally going to do great things with his words. Thanks for the time, Matt. Listen to the episode, take notes, and then go apply them. 2021 is the year of action, so let's start by applying the notes that we take in this episode. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft, a series where we deep dive into the minds of writers, coaches, and creatives who have a way with words. I have on the line self-published author of the Zombie Apocalypse series, Here We Remain, writer Matt Holmes. How are you doing today, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm glad to be here. Glad to glad to get this. This is my first podcast, so I'm super oh, excited. Oh wow! Oh man, I'm so I'm I am honored. <laughs> so we like to start off every episode with uh, the question: Who is Matt Holmes? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I always like to, uh, to say this, I'm a, I'm a roller derby coach. I play roller derby. So like, that's the persona that I am. Uh, mm-hmm. and Matt Holmes is the guy behind the guy. I'm 
super willing to support anybody. If you got something creative going, if you got something that you have going on in your life, that's a big deal. I'm here for you to support you. Uh, I'm a creative at heart, uh, paint, art, you know, building stuff, whatever, teach, teaching my daughters, all that kind of stuff is, is high on my book, man. Oh, that's cool. So you're just an all-around creator. I like that. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. So you are also a horror writer. How did you get your start with that? Uh, so, um, I mean, jumping straight into it, I, I've had nightmares and night terrors and stuff since I was a kid, and I was always really visual. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it turns into things that I can see. I couldn't draw. That's the only thing I cannot do artistically is I can't draw. <laughs> So I could, I could write and I would write down those stories. I would, you know, I would tell those stories. And once I got to the point where I was like, man, this could be something, I, I just threw it on a page and let my hand go. That's awesome. And can you tell the audience what the book is about? Uh, so Here Your Main follows a father and his two kids. Um, zombie apocalypse starts and they're not in it. They were at a, at a lake house in it and they got some terrible news about their mom and mm. had to had to make it back to town on their way back to town. They realized, Oh man, you know, this is, this is crazy. Uh, so it follows that father just trying to keep that promise to his wife, get her, you know, where she's got to be, get his kids to safety. And mm-hmm. they meet some people along the way that, that are also on a mission and they realize, Hey, we can team up and you have, you got the, the knowledge of the area. We got the superiority firepower and, you know, we can, we can get this done. And then it jumps into a whole slew of, you know, next thing is worse than the next, but, you know, it shows the resilience of people and family and how important, you know, family is to you. Wow. That's, that's, uh, there's beauty in the madness, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. I I like that a lot. As a writer of fiction, as you were learning your craft, what was like an aspect of writing that tripped you up? Because like for me, I had trouble with uh, subtext. Like some of my characters, they say what they mean, like two on the nose. You know what I mean? Like they say like exactly how they feel. So I was like, I had to do like exercises to kind of like switch it up for myself. And that kind of helped me, you know, make my dialogue a little bit better. What's something like that 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 you've done? Uh, one of the biggest things for me was always my editor. Uh, I would do a couple of chapters and send them over to her. And then the next day she would send me those chapters. I put in those edits and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But one of the notes that she always left me was show, don't tell show, don't ah. tell. And it's about, you know, I can, I can explain what happens in a world, but like to truly be able to, to write that text out that you can read and see it as a descriptor, but not mm-hmm. so much description that you're still being told, but enough to, to paint that picture but leave room for that imagination. That was a, a definite hard, uh, hard thing to come to you. You kind of just found it basically through doing drafts, huh? Yeah, just write, exactly. rewriting, rewriting, rewriting. Yeah. Yeah. Adding yeah. detail. Is that enough? Is that enough? I would lay on the couch <laughs> and have my wife read and uh-huh. uh, I'd be, I'd, I'd be like, okay, let me close my eyes and picture this world. All right. So here, write this down. <laughs> and I would, <laughs> I would just rattle off little things that I would see that I had somebody to talk to and ask me questions about what they saw in the world or what they needed to see or wanted more to see. And, you know, like you said, draft after draft, I, I like to let people read a little bit of it and get their feedback. Cause at the end of the day, it's about the reader. Like I could write as much as I want to write, but if it doesn't connect to a reader, then there's no point in it. Huh? That's so cool. I like how you said you close your eyes and, and let somebody else um, just kind of transcribe your thoughts. Yeah. 
Yep. And then they ask questions and then it kind of makes you go a little bit deeper because they're thinking about it from their angle. I, I like that. I've actually never heard someone to, you know, suggest they do that. I've actually never heard that like as a writing exercise. That's something that's pretty refreshing, to be honest with you. Like another way to like engage other people in the writing process with you. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was a storyteller from a, from a little kid. Uh, I would, you know, people would say words driving in a car or whatever. And I'd be like, what does that word mean? So mm. I would just like words and, you know, speech and disc- and telling stories from a young age was always like something that I loved doing. And I could always tell that story with my voice, but trying to get it into writing, it took a different world. I could see it in my head. I could, mm-hmm. I could tell it, but trying to put it in words. Cause like, I know the details. I could tell you that that wall is blue, but to me, it's not important that that wall is blue. So like, uh, to a reader, like it might be like, man, what color is this wall? What color is this house? Is it dingy? Is it not dingy? All that kind of stuff is, you know, secondary to the writer. We don't, we just see the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, grounding it, yeah, grounding exactly. the level. Yeah. Grounding it, making it like entry so that, cause like yeah. in your head, you're already in the sixth season. Yeah, exactly. like the person, the person coming up is like, okay, who the hell are you talking about? Like, you're like, oh, 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 let me tell you about this guy. You know, so. Yeah. So what comes first for you? Is it the plot or the characters? How do you develop your stories? Um, So I I think the plot, where it's going, like a lot of times I might not have the exact ending, like what's what's nailed down going to happen, but Mm -hmm. I do like to work backwards. Um, Like I knew the zombie thing, like uh, if I, if I'll jump into that part of it, because that's, you know, what kind of brought it here. I, uh, I had real bad nightmares, um, zombie dreams. Zombie dreams are always something that like, you know, I, I could, I would, my back would feel like a fire. I'd wake up and, you know, my wife would be like, well, you know, obviously you had a bad dream. What's wrong? And I'd, I'd just be like zombie dream, man. And she, we didn't watch anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like getting annoyed, you know, night after night of having them. So I started looking up how to diagnose your dreams and see what it was. And for this particular book, I was having a lot of dreams and I found out that the zombies represent problems in your life in my dream. Ah. And all the people that I was running with that were my friends or my family, I was trying mm-hmm. to save them because that, you know, I kind of have a little bit of a savior complex. I, I was, mm-hmm. I was kind of brought up to be a protector. So like I was trying to save these people from the zombie apocalypse and I was like, man, what, you know, I wonder what's going on. So I, I delved into those dreams, tried to figure it out. And then I was like, man, you know what, let me, uh, let me start writing some of this down. And then it shaped the overall world. And then from there it was like, I knew, what I wanted to do. I wanted to approach the zombie apocalypse from a completely left, you know, not what everybody else does. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, you know, the, the run of the mill zombies. I wanted a, a virus rooted in, you know, something real, not something that's made up like, uh, you know, the um, ever popular zombie virus that, uh, <laughs> that happened. But, oh no, I dropped my zombie virus. Exactly. Like it's always like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, it was like, forming those little things and trying to figure out how those pieces fit together, uh, working backwards, where, where does the story go? And, you know, building it from, from there. And then it's characters at that point, you got to have characters that people are going to relate to. Oh, okay. I, okay. I'm going to switch it up and pivot a little bit. I have a very, very serious question to ask you. Do you feel like you could write something as horrifying as 2020? Uh, um, <laughs> so in a in a snapshot maybe i don't know that i can write a whole book that's gonna be <laughs> that that's gonna be that bad there's some things that like 
that's just like man it's crazy it's 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 wild some of the stuff it's, that you have that you hear like yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was I was telling my my uncle the other day. I was like, "Man, this year is so crazy. Like stuff that would have been a top 10 story of like any other year wouldn't even it, it's not even a top 10 story of the week." Like, you know, like like I don't know, for example, like a, a governor almost was kidnapped, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Right? That's like something out yeah. of like an action movie. Like like a John Claude like sudden death, like tried to they tried to kidnap the governor, right? Like Exactly. Like, like Die Hard or something. And then I don't even hear about this story anymore because it's not even like so much crazy, uh, yeah. so much the, other the stuff Pentagon, has happened. The Pentagon said there was aliens and it wasn't even front page news. <laughs> See? Like, yeah, like, we got aliens. Yeah, alien. 2020 is so weird. They're just coming out. Yeah, aliens are real, bro. Like, and, and <laughs> it's just going over people's heads because it's just so much other stuff happening. So, um, you know. Yeah, so one of the funniest things that like pertaining to like the book and the writing is, mm-hmm. you know, you always have to analyze your work afterwards. So halfway through 2020, I was like, man, I finally figured out what my fatal flaw was in my book. The yeah. people listened when the government said, do this thing. <laughs> like, no, that's, that would never happen. Apparently, that's not how it works. I didn't know that. <laughs> I know, man. Like uh, Stephen King apologized for the stand. He was like, I, I, I wrote something that I thought was that a, like a nightmare I saw. But, you know, turns out. Yeah. It turns out it would have been a lot worse. Like it, you know. I was like, "Wow!" So, I guess uh, fiction is is turning into nonfiction. Yeah, right. For real. I, uh, I what did. what books uh, or authors uh, most influenced your your writing? Um, it's really kind of funny because film really inspired most of my writing. Um, mm. Good good lines, and it sounds really silly, but. Like Ben Affleck's work, as far as like creating a movie, a lot of his movies that he's written or that he's had, dude, you know, he's a great writer. He, it, it, they just always resonate. Um, yeah, and then, I feel like he should really just do all his own, only his work. Yeah, outside of that, like he's not, he's just okay. But like you know, Goodwill Hunting and yeah, exactly. the Town and town, his other that's, work. That's one of my all-time favorite. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, as far as like book writers, I mean, I, it sounds really bad as a writer. But like I, I, I would read a book and mm-hmm. I would like parts of it and I wouldn't like other parts of it. So I could never call one single book my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the, the only ones that like ever stuck with me that I can, you know, remember it was an audio book and I don't even know who wrote it. Uh, I just know it was called Slaughter in the Ashes. And it was probably one of the, the only books that like I, I searched for for years after that, trying to find it trying to get the actual like hard copy in my hand because yeah at a a young age we drove across the country i think we're driving to new york maybe or something like that and it was like we listened to this audiobook and i was the way that that book was written the subject matter the relationships Mm -hmm. of the characters it was just like man that is cool i can definitely agree with that i had kind of the same similar experience with um i listened to Chester Himes' Rage in Harlem, the audiobook. I had never read any of his work, but like I just listened to the audiobook because Samuel Jackson read it. And his performance made the book like really come alive, but it made me do like a deep digging on Chester Himes and his other books. And I was just like, God damn, I'm really missing out on some good stuff over here. So, audiobooks are definitely a, it's a great uh, tentacle to bring people into your world if you can get like a really, really strong reader who understands your art. Yeah. So, um, as a, yeah, 
All right. So you kind of answered my other question, which was like, as a re as a writer, can you read other fiction while you create? Uh, yeah, I like to, it's really, really funny. Another writer that I really love is Kurt Sutter. Uh, oh, okay. the, the guy behind Sons of Anarchy and all that kind of stuff, uh, had a hand in the shield, um, bastard executioner. Like his writing is something that like is awe inspiring in itself. And like I said, I like, I like film. I like to be able to see as a person that grew up with dyslexia, it was always hard to read. It was always hard to get into the, the reading cause it was just so hard. Um, and then, you know, I'd be behind or they'd be like, Hey, let's read it out loud. And I'd just be sitting in the back of the classroom like, no, I don't want to. So, uh, you know, watching TV and understanding, you know, that there's a person in a room that wrote that, that came out of somebody's head. That was mm-hmm. ideas bounced around. It's kind of the, you know, the same thing. So. That is so cool. Yeah. I, I like all those, those, yeah, I like all that action stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. I love it. So this is a book series, uh, you know, when, when writing, a, like your, I'm talking about your books now. I'm pivoting mm-hmm. back to your books. Like, so your book series, when writing a series, how do you keep things fresh for both uh, your readers and yourself? Because I know you just said you wrapped up the next two books in the series, right? Yeah. In the trilogy, excuse me. It's a three-part series, the trilogy. Yeah. Um, how do you keep things fresh and mix it up so it doesn't feel like repetitive? Uh, so I, again, you know, back to like the film way of writing, it's a three-part series. So there's a first act, a second act and a, and a third act. And it's broken up that way. So the story is completely different. It's, it's not the same thing over and over again. And I, I always try and push myself to turn things on its ear. Like if you see something a million times, Mm -hmm. I can't see somebody thought about it differently. Um, one of my favorite parts about this story is everybody's always got these, you know, somehow wild cars in the zombie apocalypse, like it happened overnight. And I don't know, I don't ever know where it goes. So one of my things is, you know, what would be cool is what if they drove a hybrid? Like what if the guy was a green energy, you know, kind of, kind of person. And he, he modified cars to be cool hybrids. And now he's driving around the zombie apocalypse with this like quiet car that doesn't, that doesn't make as much noise. Ah, that's so, smart. So it's stuff like that. Like how, how could I, how could I do this differently? Because I ask those questions, you watch any zombie movie, read any zombie comic book or any zombie, you know, other, other books and all of them do the same thing where it's, you know, virus happens. Virus is uncontrollable. People start eating each other. People start fighting each other. And I I wanted to do those things, those same tropes, but Mm -hmm. turn them on their head, make it for a reason, not just because. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sock Season. I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks and man, they are comfortable. They truly are. They they, they come in like weird, funky, cool colors. And I'm not just saying this because they paid me. I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap, or they're they're tight around the toe, or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks, and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores, and quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks, and after a few washes, they either rip, or they shrink, or I lose a pair, or I lose one of the socks. Those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about sock season 
is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee, which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked, which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So go to www.sockseason.com. S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com. Use coupon code OFFSTAGE for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. Okay. I like that. I, I want to pivot more to like the business side of, of, of publishing. As an author, what was like the most surprising aspect of self-publishing? Uh, the most surprising aspect, in all honesty, was, uh, how, it sounds really bad, but how easy it was. It's a lot of work, but like mm-hmm. I, I go through uh, Amazon, which, is, which was CreateSpace. Now it's just solely an Amazon company. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, they, they lay it out for you. As long as you have, you know, a, a basic high school computer class under your belt, you can figure it out. And, you know, if you can't figure that kind of stuff out, uh, they have a program that you can get into that somebody will work with you as far as the complete rep helping you out. I didn't use that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I did everything on my own, but uh, it was it was easy to get the book done and on there and formatted. And, you know, it was it was a lot of work. Uh, but it it wasn't as hard as I was expecting it to be to get it to a, a physical copy in my hands. Oh, that's so cool, man. I love that they're able to like put the power back into the writer's yeah. hands. And, I agree. Uh, how did, how did you get your very first uh, book sale? Uh, so one, this is one of the saddest things. There's a company called Hastings that we had here who did local consignments and they were a big company that went, you know, I think they were nationwide, at least all over the Midwest where I'm at. And they had a local, I'm a local artist consignment. So, you know, I took my, I took my book in and I was like, Hey, I got this book. Can I sell it here? And the lady was like, Oh, that guy's not here today. If you come back tomorrow, you know, it'll, he'll, he'll be here. So I came back the next day, not there, came back the next day. Oh, you just missed him. He went to lunch. So I was like, no, I'm (laughs) in this parking lot. And every time I see somebody that looks like they work here, I'm just going to run back in and be like, Hey, so, you know, I talked to that guy and he was like, yeah, man, we'll, we'll get you signed up. We'll see how it does. You know, I guess if you just want to drop off two, cause we might not sell them. And, you know, I dropped off two and then I came back in the next day to take a picture and there was already one gone. So I don't even know who got the first one. I just know that <laughs> that it's something, something sparked some people and was like, Hey, I'm gonna grab this book. So uh, that's so exciting for a writer um, who's like setting, setting on a, setting up a book that hasn't been published. What are some steps that they should do? before they publish that will set them up for the greatest chances of success? Uh, beta readers, man, beta readers, as, beta readers. As, yeah. As much, as many people that can set eyes on your book that you trust, get their mm-hmm. opinion on content, get their opinion on, you know, proofreading the first, I actually had to release a, a second edition of here. We remain just recently because at the time I didn't have the money to pay a, you know, an editor. I had a friend who was in school, for editing. So she was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. We can do some stuff because it gives me experience that I can, you know, move forward with and yeah. it helps me out. So yeah, like, but looking forward, like looking at it now, there was, you know, errors that like could have easily been missed, but it was the same, you know, two sets of eyes raking through it. So yeah. you, know, you read a line and you're, you know, the word, but maybe you didn't write the right word or the computer picked the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. But 
you know, beta readers. Now that's one of the things I try and do is I'll send it to, you know, whoever, like, I think I have three people lined up to proofread once we get physical copies of this next book, just because, you know, we've already done, I've done two read throughs myself. My editor has done two read throughs. I have a couple other people that are doing read throughs. Um, you know, that's, it's reading it and making sure that it is tip top before you, before you release it, because there's not that person that's going to, you know, take your book and be like, Hey, you got to punch this up. Hey, you got to punch that up. Hey, we're going to have you rewrite this whole section. It's just, you know, you, and it's a reflection of yourself. So put in that work there and it'll pay mm-hmm. off in the end. Oh man, I love that. Getting other eyes on it and, and, and fresh takes, but make sure the person that's reading it is, is somewhat critical or can yeah, be exactly. critical and honest with you. Cause it doesn't help. Like it was good. That yeah, doesn't help exactly. you at all. That's, that's it does not help you at all. It's like a yeah. waste of time. What's an unpopular opinion you have about writing? An unpopular opinion? Um, man, that, that it can be peaceful. A lot of people think that writing is stressful and especially like writing poetry or writing like personal stuff is one thing, but writing like fiction, a lot of people mm-hmm. think it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge and you gotta, you gotta fight it. You gotta, you know, I have to force myself to sit down and do this, but I mean, I, I would just wake up in the morning and write and, you know, sip my coffee, write, write until my kids got up. And then, you know, that's just the way it was. So just that it, it can bring you an escape, not necessarily force you to be doing something. So you learn how to frame it in your mind to where like, it's your escape and it's not your punishment. Cause I know a exactly. lot of writers, they have trouble with that. Like, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, cause like you're sitting there and it's, it's just hard. I mean, I know, you know, but like, you know, it's just sometimes hard, but I guess that's a really good way to look at it. It look at it as an escape, which it is, it should be fun. It should not be like pulling teeth, <laughs> you know, some yeah. writers. <laughs> that's one of those things that like, I have a, I have a blog and, you know, I just started out, um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to blog, but like, that's one of those things that they say will help book sales and it'll help people get to know you. So I started writing and the first couple of blog posts were about how I form my stories and all that kind of stuff and how I, how I go about building a character, how I go about doing this. And I mm-hmm. started to think about everything that we have going on in the world. Like you said, 2020 is crazy. Um, yeah. as an African American writer, one of the things that like killed me was I didn't bring in an African American character super, super fast. And I, I, looking back on it, like I just wrote what, you know, what this family was. It wasn't necessarily like a reflection of me. It was, I, I try not to make my writing about myself or yeah. me and it, and trying to do this blog, I realized, you know, my writing is an escape. It's looking through a window, not, you know, looking at a mirror. And I think that that's one of those things that like a lot of people also should, you know, think about is you don't always have to write about yourself. It doesn't always have to be a reflection of you or how you see the world it can just be a story that, you know, or start out as just a story that is something you want to get out there and just follow that character and they'll take you where they want to go. I like that point that you brought up. You, you were like, you were, <clears throat> you, that you didn't bring up, bring, or, you know, introduce an African-American character. You said to like later on in the story, you said. Yeah. Um, actually surprisingly, like, uh, just recently and it's, almost makes me want to go back and add stuff to the second book. But at the same time, I think that it's the story is complete. The story is what it is the way that I want it to be. And Mm -hmm. it, it shouldn't matter who's who or who's what it's a Midwestern family. Uh, You know, they run into some people and the world is what the world is. It doesn't necessarily reflect 
oh, there's no, you know, African-Americans, there's no this. And, you know, when you look at TV or anything else, they always, they have a, a person that's specifically looking for those things. Hey, we don't have a, this character. Hey, we don't have a, that character. But when you, yeah. just, you know, write down a, a, a group of people and they fit that bill, you know, uh-huh. it, it's, it's what fits that bill and you have to follow that story no matter what and not hate yourself for it. What I like about that is between your stories, it, it sounds like you're evolving as a writer because you're like, Oh, I kind of hesitated to do that. Or, Oh, you know, like now you're just being like, fuck it. You know, like I'm going to write that. Like, fuck it. Like, all right, this detail is this, it is what it is. Like you're just becoming more confident. So like, I want to read all three of them like back to back and then see the growth. Like I love growth. That's what, that's one of the things that I've noticed, you know, from, from writing this specifically. Uh, so how this even came about from the beginning was uh, me and my friends were working on a script. Uh, one of my friends was going to write it. I was going to do special effects. My other friend was going to direct. Um, and my friend that was writing it, he, um, he ended up having something happen and he disappeared off the face of the earth. Later on, we found out he was in a, in a hospital. So it was like, mm-hmm. dang, that sucks. So we can't ask him to write. Like, <laughs> what do we do? So I wrote, I wrote the script. My other friend was going to direct and, you know, we were still going to do it. It pivoted from what it was going to be to something else. And then my friend got a deal to go record in Nashville. And it's like, how am I going to mm. tell, tell him? No, don't go record in Nashville. You know? Yeah. So then I was sitting there and I was mad and I had written a story a little bit before that. And I deleted that whole folder off my computer. Cause I was just mad. Like, man, I want to be successful. Why can't I be successful? And then yeah. Uh, I lost my job because we got bought out. My wife and I were both on staff. So one of us had to go. And obviously I wasn't going to be like, okay, wife, you go home. I'm going to stay here. So I was like unemployed for a few months. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And that was where those nightmares were coming from. And, you know, I was like, let me just start writing. And I realized, man, I deleted that story. And uh, I was like, I remember bits and pieces. So that story that I remembered bits and pieces of, melded into this story that became so much more lifelike because it wasn't regimented in what that story was it was more organic and that's you know i think that's where success comes from i think that's a beautiful story it kind of seems like the zombies you know kind of represented you know issues you were working through as a man as a provider as a husband maybe the zombies one represented like fear of yeah, money, exactly. you know, things like that. And then you just kind of went deeper and uh, found, found your voice through those nightmares. I really, really enjoy that story. If, if someone is looking to find their voice and, and, and find clarity within their own writing, what's an exercise that you've done to help you find your writer's voice and tone? Um, so one of the big things is reading it out loud, man. If you, if you write something down, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. and you read it out loud and it sounds weird, like read it again and change up the words as you're saying them, try and, you know, repeat it. That's one of the things I really like to do. Um, I'll actually like with this last book, um, I, uh, we were editing and I was cooking or something. So I just had the computer reading it out loud and it Mm -hmm. was just so much different of an experience to have, you know, like I've read it, I've read it out loud, but having, you know, having this world be read to me by something else, it just sounded so much better than I would have ever expected it to and made me proud of my work in a different way. So I think reading it out loud, you know, bringing something to you that'll, uh, that'll get you to look at it differently. I'm all about looking at everything from a different angle. Cause it's not all about the way you see it. 
sometimes you you have to look at it a different way for it to make sense. That is, I, I love the best advice is always the most simple. Yeah. Like, honestly, it always is. And, you know, the more complicated people get with like tactics and stuff when yours is just like, dude, just read it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. like it's, it's beautiful. It's so simple. Yeah, um, yeah. What were you about to say? Uh, so that's one of those things that like just reading it out loud, is, it is super simple, but it's something that people don't do. And I think like I, one thing that I'll probably catch hell for when people read this book and, you know, mm-hmm. super, I don't call them book snobs, but like super, uh, super critical readers. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote this in a way that a conversation flows not necessarily proper grammar in the way that like it should be written out, uh, conjunctions and things like that. Like my, my, uh, my Microsoft word would be going crazy with how many times it's like change that. It's not right. It's not right. But it's, it's the way that like you or I would say it in a conversation and making that Mm. connection as you're reading it, it sounds like a conversation that's really happening. It doesn't sound like a conversation that is, you know, happening in a stuffy, you know, 15 bedroom mansion in the 1800s. Like, it doesn't sound written. Yeah. It just sounds real and raw. Yeah. I like and, that. And that's one of those things, that, like I said, reading it out loud will make you realize real quick how somebody saying it, it didn't work versus somebody saying it did not work. It sounds strange. <laughs> it's not right. It did not work. Yeah. <laughs> Go back, Meredith. It did yeah. not work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Get your ass in the house. Like, yeah, which exactly, one is real? <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's that all you changed was yo. And yeah. It's, not correct to write that way but at the same time that's how we talk that's how the situation is and that's what makes a person a person is how they talk how they form that sentence and if you don't if you can't convey that to a reader then all you're doing is conveying a a you know dull person to them Mm, flatly yeah love it love it so how can the people get in touch with you uh so i have an instagram um for the book uh, here remain 2018. Um, I have a Facebook page here remain. Uh, also have a blog. Um, I can give the link for that one. That one's a weird link for, cause for whatever reason, I can never get it to like connect to the link. I can give you the name, but, uh, it, for whatever reason, it just never connects to the link. Um, so they can just stuff. go to Amazon and just per- and type in like here remains and the uh, book comes up. Yep. Um, it should be, uh, one of the things that's weird about Amazon is this one's been out. Uh, I originally wrote it in 2013. I released it in 2014. So it's been out for a while, but, um, it, uh, it drops to a lower tier when it's been out for that long. So when you search it, other stuff might pop up first. But if you go to either the Instagram page or the Facebook page, there's a buy now link and it'll take you straight to where the book is. It'll take you to my blog. It'll take you to my artist page who mm-hmm. uh, she just started doing the art for this one. Find on the first artist I used. Um, we didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but uh, we, um, yeah. So any one of those social media pages will help out. Okay. I'll link to it in the uh, show notes. It's been an absolute pleasure, Matt. Thank so you. Uh, what can we, uh, when, when, when are the next two books dropping? Uh, hopefully before Thanksgiving uh, for the second book. Um, give you something to do while you're cooped up with your family and don't want to be escape. Like I said, uh, escape that world, look through the window. Um, and then hopefully shortly after the third one will be out. I like to try and keep my story released around the timeline that it it's actually in. The first one was released right before 4th of July, um, about a month before 4th of July. So it tracked with the the timeline. This one is 
uh, a jump forward in time. It should be right around Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know, there's no exact date because it's a zombie apocalypse, of course. But, uh, you know, it's it, it should hopefully be out by then as long as we get the art done and proofreading and everything. And then the other one will drop hopefully shortly after that, maybe New Year's-ish. New Year's-ish. Okay, so we'll just stay tuned, man. This has been another episode of the Jordan Baylor Draft. Thank you for your time, Matt. Thank you. Uh, Like I said, I hope you get uh, everything you need out of your writing and everything you need out of your podcast. It was a pleasure to be here. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And for any writer out there, um, yeah, just go publish your book and don't be held back by anything. That's what I learned. Yeah, absolutely.